getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow, but we're joined by another Republican named Chris, uh, gubernatorial candidate Chris Doty. Chris, how are you? Great. Marcus, so good to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, so before we get started, uh, if you'd like to just, um, I know it's been a long campaign and a lot of people uh, probably know who you are now, by now anyway, but if you want to just introduce yourself to the audience and tell us why you're running for governor. Well, thanks so much. Um, just brief bio on me. I arrived in Massachusetts in 1987, went to graduate school here, uh, arrived with my wife, Leslie. We lived in uh, Boston and Cambridge for a number of years, ended up in Rentham. And uh, there we raised six children. Uh, they've all grown and left the house. We're now grandparents of four. In the early 1990s, I bought into a small manufacturing company that made small metal parts out of a process called powdered metal. It's like injected or molded metals. And over the course of a career, grew it to about 600 employees. We had factories across the U.S., one in Mexico. And uh, one of our factories is right here in Rentham. So we have about 300 manufacturing employees uh, that make mainly auto parts for GM, Ford, Chrysler, but also Caterpillar and John Deere, Whirlpool. And uh, so I come from that background of, uh, you know, of manufacturing and industrial setting. Um, I decided to run for governor. I've always thought uh, about running for an office like this at the tail end of my career where I could do a give back to the state and help where my skills and abilities are offered. I'm running to solve three really specific problems. I'm not a career politician, but I'm a problem solver. One problem I very much want to fix is reduce the cost of living here. In Massachusetts, we're the third most expensive state in the country to live. Everything from groceries, medical, transportation, housing makes us, uh, it's really difficult to live here. I've seen it with my own adult children. And also it becomes, uh, it's even more expensive for our businesses to operate here. We're now mm -hmm. the second most expensive state in America to operate a business. So I run for that reason. I also want to make sure there's a balance in the state house. It's you know, it's part of the miracle of Massachusetts is that for uh, almost 30 years, we've had a balanced state house with a fiscally responsible governor with a very progressive legislature. And I think that balance is part of what's made uh, Massachusetts so great. I could see we were on the cusp of perhaps losing that and uh, wanted to get into the race. We're speaking with uh, Republican candidate for governor, Chris Doty. We're also taking your calls if you'd like to talk to Chris at 508-996-0500 and taking your messages on the app chat. So, uh, Chris, what do you think that, you know, uh, the primaries a uh, week from today, um, you are up against Jeff Deal. Um, what is the difference between you and Jeff Deal? Why should primary voters in the Republican primary vote for you instead of him? Well, there's two differences. There's many differences, but let me highlight just two for the sake of this discussion. One is that the type of person we look for as a governor is a job creator, someone that has created jobs, has been part of the economy, that has uh, handled executive level problems with big budgets and debt and those just types of things that a governor does. And I have 30 years, uh, over three decades of doing that. Uh, my opponent doesn't have any experience with that. He just doesn't have a, the background and resume that uh, would even make it through the first screening. That's one. The second one is that he's a career politician. He's uh, run three times for office. He's lost all three times by huge margins. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody knows that he'll lose this one by a large margin. 
And, you know, yeah. on the campaign, uh, you know, he, for example, this is an example of him being a career politician. He, he ran on a no tax pledge. And then when he got into the state legislature years ago, he voted for a, a boat tax. And then he ran on a, a pledge that he was going to be fiscally responsible and fiscally conservative. But yet when he got in the state legislature, he approved more spending than Governor Baker and more than Deval Patrick. And so time and time again, he'll he'll say one thing and then do something else. And so I think it just sort of disqualifies him for the type of role of being a governor. We're speaking with a Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty, and we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Let's actually go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Yes, I was just wondering where him and his family arrived from when they come here in 1980. What was it, 87 or 88? Yeah, 1987. Uh, well, thanks for the call. Um, so I grew up, uh, went to high school and grew up in, in California and went to, to uh, undergrad in Provo, Utah, uh, spent a couple of years in Argentina serving oh. a mission for my church, uh, came back and uh, came from uh, Provo, Utah here to Massachusetts in our, in our mid-20s. We're speaking with Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty. We're taking your calls at 508 996 0500. Um, so what do you think the difference between you and Maura Healy is? Well, there's quite a few differences that uh, between Maura Healy and myself. One is I'm a job creator, as I mentioned. I've, I've probably hired over a thousand people in the Bay State. She's a career politician. Second of all, she's an attorney, a civil rights attorney, and I'm an executive from the business background. I kind of represent the interests of the of the working person, and you know I have people that work for me, uh, immigrants from all and uh, all all types of communities. I have electricians, plumbers, mechanics that work for me. So I really come from sort of commerce and industry. Um, she's a civil rights attorney. You know, as she's put out plans, they're different than my plans. She, you know, I think she. It sees a model of San Francisco as an example of what she'd like to see our state become. And I don't see that. I don't think we, I, we want to become like San Francisco. I think the model for me would be more like maybe New Hampshire or Virginia, Tennessee, these economies that are just really expanding and growing. I'm a jobs man. I like, I want everyone to have good jobs and I'll focus on, on just, you know, making sure that there's good employment for everyone. We're speaking with Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty. What I thought was interesting is that, uh, Chris Sununu uh, has endorsed your campaign for governor. Now, he's the only uh, Republican governor left. No, well, Phil Scott, too. But uh, Chris Sununu endorsed your, your campaign for governor. Obviously, the Sununus are very entrenched in uh, national uh, Republican politics and New England Republican politics. Uh, and Chris Sununu has been supportive in the past of President Trump. So why did Chris Sununu decide to support your campaign for governor? Well, he, he recognized that my opponent, Jeff Deal, can't win a general election. So we end up with a very liberal progressive legislature with an extremely liberal progressive governor. And he's worried about what that does to the regional economy, as he said that Boston is not just the hub for Massachusetts, but it's really the hub for the entire region. And he just doesn't want to see our state go into sort of economic atrophy and the problems that occur when you become overly progressive and not focused enough on the economic needs of the of the state. So he's really worried, as, um, as I think the entire region is worried, that uh, we might be slipping if we become uh, so progressively uh, liberal. Yeah. So, and he, um, he also, you know, had said his quote was something like, you know, what's the whole point of running if you're going to, if you're going to lose and my opponent, Jeff deal, there's no, 
uh, his words were, there's no flipping way that Jeff can win. So <laughs> We're speaking with Republican candidate for governor, uh, Chris Doty. Uh, we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. So, uh, Chris, let's say you're in the state house, uh, or you're in Beacon Hill, you've been elected governor, you're um, on the, ex- and you're, and you um, are working with Speaker Mariano and Karen Spilka. What are, what are some of the conversations that you're having? What are some of the policy priorities that you're having with them in the state legislature? Well, you know, coming from the business world where we don't talk parties as much as problems, I think, you know, it'll, it'll be me listening more than talking. I, I, I will say to them, what do you consider the top three to five problems that we have in our state? What do you see as the big problems? And, uh, you know, I have my own view on that, but I'd like to hear from them. What do they think are the big problems? And then let's focus on problems and problem solving. For me, I really believe the number one problem is it's too expensive to live here. And I hope they say that. I hope they say we've got it's too expensive to live here. We've got to start looking at tax reductions. We've got to start looking at making housing more affordable. We've got to make sure that grocery prices become more northern, closer to the average. And utility costs. Right now we have the, the third highest utility costs in America and climbing every single day. And, you know, for the working families and for the senior citizens, it's just it's crushing them. So I'm hoping that they say to me, we want to work on affordability because so do I. And, and uh, that's something we can uh, all come to, to agreement on and start working on the problems. How can what's the what what is the um, what is your plan for making housing more affordable in the Commonwealth? That is a crisis that's particularly plagued cities like New Bedford uh, here in the and in, in a lot of gateway communities in the Commonwealth. Yeah, so housing is the big problem in Massachusetts, and it has been for several decades. There's some very common sense things that we can all do and that I'll do starting day one as governor. The first one we have to work on is standardizing and simplifying the regulations. Right now, we are over-regulating almost everything. I talk to developers, and they tell me in in Massachusetts, if you want to build a $700,000 condo, let's say 200,000 of it is just the paperwork to go through the zoning, the local town, the state paperwork, the financing, et cetera, et cetera. And so one thing I want to do as governor is take that $200,000 worth of just complexity of the, of the process of building and cut it in half. And let's set a goal to say, okay, from $200,000 of paperwork, let's make it a hundred thousand dollars. That's one. Number two is the, to become a, an electrician or a plumber or a carpenter in our state, it's a, it's a, it requires a great deal of time and effort and, and hours, years to go through that process. And when they get through it, to get through our Department of Licensure, uh, I hear it over and over again that it's just so difficult to get through that process to actually join the trades. So I want to simplify that and make it easier for us to have more people that are in the trades to do building. Now, we have in Massachusetts, we've done well on things like tax credits and grants. And I want to build on what the Baker administration has already done and improve on them, add more dollars to them. Uh, but I think we already have sort of the the structure in place. We just need better funding and perhaps a focus on making sure those grants and those um, uh, th- those grants and the uh, tax credits are available. We're speaking with Republican candidate for governor, Chris Doty. So one of the primary policy prescriptions in the Republican Party, and I think uh, the mass GOP, uh, is the opposition to the uh, Work and Family Mobility Act, or also known as the driver's license bill. Um, We know Jeff Deals helped get uh, the signature effort for that to, to put that on the ballot. What's your position on the law? 
Well, so I look at all the other states that have done this, and just so everybody knows, 17 states have done this, so we're mm-hmm. not the first state to do this. Of course. But if you look at the Commonwealth of Virginia, our, our sister to the south, they had two additional things that they put on their bill, and I think they're worth talking about. One is that you had to have a job or a W-2 to get a driver's license. That makes sense to me that we say, look, if you're gonna come here, we're gonna give you a driver's license, we want you to actually have a job. And so in in Virginia, you actually have to have a W-2. I like that idea. And, And that's actually really common. Of the 17 states that have driver's licenses for those that aren't documented, uh, I think it was 12 of them or 10 or 12 of them that require you that you have a job. And so when that was proposed in our state legislature, they said no, which was surprising to me because that seems like that's a, just a basic minimum. The second thing that they do down in Virginia is they make the driver's license look different so that you can't vote. And that makes a lot of sense to me also, because I think when you become a full-time citizen or become a, a documented citizen, the reward should be the the ability to vote that in fact that's part of the training right uh when you become a citizen is how to vote and i have a son-in-law that uh, came down here from canada and became a, a u.s citizen recently and that was you know something he really looked forward to is the right to vote and uh, it was part of the courses that they talked about and so i think virginia was right about this is that you should have a driver's license that looks different so the clerks know okay so this is someone that can't vote when this was brought up in our state legislature they said no no, no way. You, we want it exactly the same. And I think that's a loss. I think it's a loss for democracy. I think it's a loss for those that are applying for citizenship that feel the reward and the incentive to go through the process to become a citizen of, of, of America, of the U.S., and then they get the right to vote. So those are two things that I would look at as governor or I would have looked at as governor to, to put in place. So it sounds like you're broadly supportive of, of the idea of undocumented Uh, immigrants being able to get uh, some type of licensure to drive? Well, I don't think it's good policy for the reasons I brought up. I also think, I also worry that it makes us, uh, where we become too attractive in the U.S., uh, where we have uh, a lot of benefits. We're a very generous state in terms of benefits. In fact, we're one of the most generous states in America in terms of benefits. And now we're saying, if you come here, we'll even give you a license. And so I do worry greatly about just becoming too attractive relative to other states in America. Again, as I mentioned earlier, most states in America have requirements to get a driver's license, like a job or other things. And and here in Massachusetts, we're now saying, oh, you don't have to do any of those things. So that's concerning. It should be concerning for all of us. 508-996-0500. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with a Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty. Stay tuned. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow, but we're joined by Chris Doty, Republican candidate for governor. So, Chris, a lot of people were tuned in uh, on WBSM to the Howie Carr Show to hear your debate with Jeff Deal and to hear your lieutenant governor candidates debate, uh, Kate Campanelli, with, uh, against Leah Cole Allen. Um, I think a lot of people came out thinking you were the stronger candidate and that Kate Campanelli was the stronger candidate. Uh, why won't Jeff Deal debate you uh, again before the primary? Well, that would be speculation on my part. I'm not sure why he won't, but I can. Speculate. But I can tell you this: that to be governor of Massachusetts, you have to be willing to go on the press. You have to be willing to defend your position. What governor is there that doesn't have 
a position they need to defend on the press. And uh, what governor is there that doesn't get challenged on the press and sort of do some difficult things? So the fact that he's not willing to engage the press in any way and to take on debates, I think, uh, reflects, you know, he's just not prepared for this job. And uh, I think it also you know, maybe gives us a window into how it will run, you know, if he gets through the primary into the general election with Maura Healy, just also, you know, this is not, he doesn't do well on debates. If you recall with Elizabeth Warren, those of us that watched that debate, uh, you know, we had to turn it off after half an hour. It was just such a, uh, a uh, crushing blow and mm-hmm. uh, she became stronger and stronger and he became weaker and weaker. I think most of us just didn't, didn't even watch the last two debates if you recall against Elizabeth Warren, he lost all three of them by a significant margin. Yeah. So I think most people realize that, uh, you know, he just doesn't do well in debates and probably just doesn't want to have another debate with me. He lost that one on the Howie Carr show. Even even Howie came out and said, you know, Chris won that. So, you know, this is that might be one of the reasons. But again, I'm speculating on his reasoning. We're speaking with Chris Doty, candidate uh, for um, Republican candidate for governor. And we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Let's, in fact, go to the phones now. Good evening. Thanks for holding your live with Chris Doty. Hello, Marcus. Hello, Chris. Don and Stoughton here. Hey, Don. Uh, Chris, you were talking about the cost of uh, maintaining the state of Massachusetts and how expensive. I've heard many instances, whereas in the state of New Hampshire, as compared to Massachusetts, it costs 10 times more to maintain the roadways in Massachusetts than it does in New Hampshire. But another galling thing is the prevailing wage and the minimum wage. Now, in a constitutional republic, Chris, the government can only act upon those things they've been given direct authority to, and nowhere is prevailing wage or minimum wage mentioned in the Massachusetts Constitution. And it just kills me that we as taxpayers have to pay much more, quote, for prevailing wage, but there's no competition there. And you as a businessman knows that when you have competition, you can bring the prices down. So maybe your thoughts on prevailing wage, minimum wage, as compared to other states, and is there any authority for the the uh, legislature here in Massachusetts to have anything to do with minimum and prevailing wages? Thanks for the call, Don. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Don. That, those are really insightful questions. You know, labor is one component of cost, but there are many components uh, to cost. In fact, I would say labor is maybe a third of 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 the cost here. So I don't know if I would start there. Let me. Let me tell you where I would start is on utility costs, because that is such a big part of what drives so much of commerce. Um, And again, as I mentioned, we have uh, one of the highest in America. Now, I blame Maura Healy for this. You know, she sued to block these pipelines coming into our state. And as a result of that, we cut off all the supply. Now we have to bring in uh, liquefied natural gas from the U.S. or from the international spot market, which is very expensive. Mm. And we even have to burn dirty oil on the coldest and hottest days of the year. So not only are we one of the most expensive, we're one of the dirtiest now because she didn't allow those pipelines to come in. So I want to fix that right away. I think as far as the um, the other cost structures, you know, the... With wages in Massachusetts, the challenge is that it's so expensive to live here that we really end up having to pay more for everything. And groceries is a good example where if you go into New Hampshire, the the groceries they have, uh, I think they're about in the lower quartile of grocery costs where we have the third highest grocery costs in America. And that's really a result of a lot of regulations and over-regulations and just complex 
uh, taxation that goes on. We tax the whole supply chain. We're in New Hampshire. They don't tax the supply chain. So our tax structure makes it really expensive. Uh, my goal is to get our groceries down out of the top 10 in my first term. I would like to get our groceries down to sort of the average by the end of a second term so that we're just sort of the average at the U.S. as opposed to being the most expensive on everything. And, and uh, I, you know, let me just give you one that's kind of a uh, maybe a little bit deep in the weeds, but it'll it'll kind of share Inside the state legislature, there's a commission called the Tax Expenditure Commission. This is a this is a commission set up in our legislature with the sole purpose of finding creative and new ways to tax us. And they're hidden. They're things that you and I don't see. There would be, for example, a tax on on trucking or a tax on distribution. And and so they've added all these taxes that just make things so expensive. On day one, as governor, I want to replace that commission with a new commission. And the new commission will be focused on finding opportunities to reduce taxes and uh, all the different ways we can start pulling back these taxes that cause our, our cost to be so high. We're speaking with Republican candidate for uh, Governor Chris Doty, and we're taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Speaking of taxing, uh, we've had uh, budget surpluses, um, big budget surpluses the last few years in the legislature. There was uh, some plans for relief that uh, eventually got shuttered because of this uh, surprise uh, 1986 law that was passed via referendum. Do you think that the leg- that the Commonwealth had enough uh, had enough in the coffers to offer the um, to offer ta- uh, the tax relief that they were going to propose, which was over a billion dollars in tax relief, and um, to uh, return the th- uh, estimated three billion dollars back to the people of the Commonwealth via this 1986 law? Absolutely. And that's why I'm running. That's why I'm here. And this is why I want people to hire me is that we are overspending and overtaxing in the state house. Did you know that 30 states in America have already lowered taxes significantly in the last two years when inflation occurred in Massachusetts? Zero. We have done no tax relief and so many states are ahead of us that we need to catch up to them. Thank goodness for what's called 64F. This is the 1986 law. Sure. And isn't it disappointing for all of us that the legislature is trying to override that to find a way not to give back that money, which is earned. It's the hard-earned money of the working citizens of our state. And uh, they don't want to give it back. And I just think that's so disappointing. And uh, it should be, we should all be a bit frustrated about that. To $3.5 billion surplus growing every day. That's a B with a B. And it's growing every day. And uh, this is not unusual. So Massachusetts is not unusual that most states have giant surpluses now. The difference is the other states are giving it back to the people that earned it where our state uh, doesn't want to do that. And again, this highlights to me why you want two parties in the state house. This is the case to be made right now is that We need a governor that's fiscally responsible, that can hold the legislature accountable for these types of things. It's the type of thing Charlie Baker did where he brought this out and said, look, this is on the books, a 64F, we need to give money back. And so, you know, we, 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 as a state, we've got to make sure we don't lose that balance. We don't lose that ability to have, uh, you know, transparency and accountability and uh, debate and friction that's required for the checks and balances of government to uh, effectively operate. We're speaking with Chris Doty, candidate, Republican candidate for governor, 508-996-0500. Uh, so, Chris, uh, I, 
down here in the South Coast, we often feel like we're overlooked by Beacon Hill. I do think Charlie Baker's actually been a strong partner to the South Coast by um, helping through South Coast Rail and, and offshore wind. But what are your plans uh, to continue to provide opportunity uh, and growth in this region if you're elected governor? Well, I have spent a lot of time down here in the campaign. So I met with uh, the mayor, uh, Heron. I went to the Whaling City Festival, spent time there. I also went to the Summer Sound Series in New Bedford. Uh, I visited with the New Bedford fishermen, spent a day uh, visiting with fishermen and processing plants, and uh, spent uh, a good afternoon with the Chamber of Commerce. So I'm pretty, I'm getting become more and more familiar with the needs down here on the South Coast. I feel, feel like I've spent a lot of time down here to listen. I think that's what, what we want from our governor is someone that can listen, that pays attention, and will pick up their phone. My plan with my running mate, Kate Campanelli, is to do the same thing that the Baker administration has done, where Kate uh, or Lieutenant Governor Campanelli would be a point of contact for all the mayors and all the administrators. Every town and city would have direct line to her to reach out if there was any issues that they needed from the state house and to, to address. And so we'll kind of keep that going. We also have a commitment that we've made to um, maintain the Baker formula for state aid to local communities. So the way it works right now is the state sends money to the local towns and cities. And the Baker administration uh, set that up as a formula so they know every town and city knows how much money they're getting two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. From the private sector, that makes a lot of sense. Now, my opponents, both Jeff Deal and Maura Healy, both said they would not maintain that formula. They would uh, negotiate with every city each year independently. We totally disagree with that. We think the city is like a lot down. of work. It sounds like a lot of work, but it's it's uh, you know it's a money grab, and uh, you know we want to make sure that I know from the private sector that. You have to know how much money you're going to have three years from now. You can't go to the bank. You can't do anything. And so uh, I think it's reckless, in my opinion, to tell the cities and towns, "Ah, we'll figure it out later each year how much money we're going to send you. We're speaking with uh, Republican candidate for governor, uh, Chris Doty. So um, we have... So Governor Baker uh, is a Republican. I think he's been very uh, moderate uh, on social issues. Obviously, we have the Dobbs decision that came down that repealed Roe v. Wade. So there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of women in the Commonwealth that are you know, concerned that their reproductive rights and their bodily autonomy is in jeopardy. Uh, what's your position on the Dobbs decision? What's your position on fortifying abor- abortion access in the Commonwealth? Well, the abortions are safe and legal in Massachusetts. They're on the books. It's codified into law, and I'm not going to change it. We're speaking with Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty. So uh, why did you choose um, uh, Kate Campanelli as your running mate? You know, Kate has legislative experience. Um, I come from the private. um, I'm not a career politician. I come from the private world. Um, And Kate, I was looking for someone that had good legislative experience. And Kate had a tremendous reputation in the legislature. She was on the House Ways and Means Committee, had submitted bills and amendments. And uh, she was very well respected and has a lot lot of experience in the legislature. In addition, Kate Kate was a school teacher. After she uh, left the legislature, she went into the classroom. And uh, as a father of six and a grandfather of four, I have a keen interest in good education. And uh, I really want to see Massachusetts maintain its status as uh, really the the jewel of the public education system in America. And so I think Kate's experience in education will be really beneficial for the state. Also, 
she's very hardworking. And this is a job that is 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, 18 hours a day and someone that has that kind of work ethic. And I, I like to work, but you know, I was looking for someone that was willing to work the kind of hours I'm willing to work in this job. And so, and then last, Last, lastly, I would just say that she's really nice, and I think uh, the state of Massachusetts will really come to love Kate Campanelli. So, um, what uh, you spoke about education? Um, what ideas did you have uh, to sort of build on the educational success that we've had in the Commonwealth? Um, and uh, what's your position on the MCAS? Because uh, you know the state uh, board just voted, uh, the DESE board just voted eight to three to um, to raise the scores to opposition to a lot of students and parents in the Commonwealth. Well, a couple of thoughts on education. First of all, I would, um, I, I'm going to focus a lot of effort inside the classroom at first. I want to make sure that we have teachers that like their jobs, that are staying in their jobs, that feel well compensated, that feel appreciated and listened to. Uh, right now, I, I hear so many teachers looking at leaving the profession, and that's uh, going to create long-term significant problems for us. The turnover in the uh, gateway cities, if you want to call them that, is very high. We have uh, 30, 40 percent turnover of teachers. You just can't get good education unless you can stabilize the teachers. So my goal is to get uh, teacher retention at over 90 percent. And that's going to take some effort for us to figure out all the reasons that they're leaving and they don't like their jobs and their profession. And so I want to work on that. I know that once we have teachers that are uh, feel appreciated and like their jobs and stay in their classrooms, we're going to see an improvement. I also have heard over and over again how often teachers are pulled out of the classroom to go do paperwork and other th- responsibilities and uh, how often kids are now with substitute teachers. So I would like to work on that problem, too, to make sure that we're not overburdening our teachers with things that are not teaching related so that we can make sure that teaching is actually happening in the classroom. We need to increase our hiring. So we need to do things with compensation. We need to do things with benefits. We need to do other things. And then let's make sure that we're training, training, training our teachers. Let's make sure we have some of the best teachers in America. And that's how you have a good educational system. So those are some of the things that I want to work on. As far as the MCAS go, you know, I wasn't part of that discussion. So I'm not sure what data they were looking at. I like high expectations. But I can tell you this, as a father, I had some children that didn't feel challenged in school, that higher expectations were good. But I had some of my other children that really struggled with with, uh, with school. They had yeah. learning disabilities. They had other problems. And so it's hard sometimes to just have one system for every kid, as if every kid is the same. Because yeah. in my own home, I had a wide range of children. And I just want to make sure that we recognize that and acknowledge that kids come in different, uh, you know, academic performances and, and uh, different interests and motivations. And so we need to make sure school works for every child. Yeah, I agree. I had a, I have a brother living with autism and he, uh, he'd earned, he did everything to earn his diploma uh, from, from uh, Fairhaven High School. But unfortunately, uh, the MCAT, he couldn't sit for the MCAS. Uh, so he wasn't able to do that. So I do agree. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hi, good evening. I'm glad you're talking about the school system because I have a few questions for you, Chris, regarding the school system. Recently in Massachusetts, they eliminated the accelerated classes for um, children who were very intelligent. So I'd like to know, first of all, if you support bringing those accelerated classes back. Uh, I'd also like to know if you support critical race theory being taught in the schools and if you support transgender 
studies being taught in schools. And most importantly, I really would like to find out, because this is my biggest question to you, why you ever voted for Hillary Clinton? Whatever possessed you to vote for Hillary Clinton? That is my biggest, that's my wall about voting for you. Because I just really question your integrity and your intelligence when you voted for someone hey. as evil as Hillary Clinton. Hey. So that's my question. Be nice. my questions. Be, be, be nice to my guest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, those are that, those are great questions, and there I, I heard four questions in there. So let me see if I can work my way through them as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Accelerated classes, absolutely in support of. I I really believe that for those children that don't feel challenged, we need to have uh, AP courses. We need to have opportunities for them to advance and to be challenged in their schools. I I feel an ownership to the parents. So if you're a parent of a child in public schools. Governor Doty feels a stewardship and a duty to you personally. Um, CRT, no. I think that we should teach facts, not activism. And I think the facts are important. I think history is important. But let's teach it in a way that they can understand what they need to learn from history and not activism. Uh, Transgender studies, no. I I think that's best left to parents to teach that. I think uh, every child... Uh, matures at a different pace and those things are best handled by parents do you, do you think those two things being taught in schools is a problem or something that's very prevalent here in the commonwealth you know you hear rumors and you hear people talk about it but no it this is not a something i hear pervasively across our state i think it's yeah. a uh, it might be a, a bit exaggerated but I, it probably does come up in some classrooms i i have made a commitment that uh, in our first 100 days we will implement a tip line for parents to call. If you feel like your child's being taught something that's inappropriate, then go ahead and call the tip line and give us the details and we'll talk to the school administrators to make sure the t- parents feel satisfied. Um, this is a big part of my career is keeping customers happy and I, sure. I, I look at parents of children in public schools as critical customers. So I want to make sure they have a direct line to the executive branch of government if they feel in any way that they're their precious child is not getting the education that they want. Um, uh, the last question with regards to Hillary, I'm not a career politician. Um, I wanted to be deeply, deeply honest with people about my voting record. And uh, that was important to me. And uh, I voted for uh, President Trump in 2020 and uh, his policies on international trade I really believed in. And uh, so it took me a little while to warm up on uh, his tweets and his his tone a little bit. And uh, but I, I warmed up to him now. There is a huge difference, though, between me and Jeff Deal, and I've pointed this out on a number of shows. In uh, in 2018, when he ran for the U.S. Senate, he was asked, it was discovered that he had pulled a primary ballot, a Democratic primary ballot in 2008. Mm-hmm. His campaign didn't know how to respond to the globe that he had voted as a Democrat. And he came out and said, well, he had voted for Biden because Biden was sort of the more moderate person. But what they forgot was that Biden had left the race two months before. Right. And yeah. so it turns out that he lied. He either voted for Hillary or he voted for Barack Obama. Yeah. So the question is, why did he lie? And so I hope uh, his supporters will challenge him on that. He probably voted for, for uh, Hillary. We, we looked at his town of Whitman, and it turns out almost everybody voted for, for Hillary. So most likely he did, too. So really, you have this case of two candidates, one that's a career politician that says what he thinks people want to hear, Jeff mm-hmm. Deal. And then you have me, the businessman that wanted to be deeply, genuinely honest with everyone uh, about my voting record. Now, I didn't have to be, but I always figured that people would always forgive a, a vote that they disagreed with but they would never forgive a lie. And as governor, 
that's the kind of governor I'll be. As I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it the way it is. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna, def, you know, I'm gonna be honest with everyone because I think that's part of leadership. Leadership is taking the blows when you're, when people disagree with you, and and that's where strong leaders are. So I, I hope people will, you know, forgive a vote, but never forgive a lie. If 2024 is a rematch of 2020, would you vote for President Trump again? You know, I've said it feels to me like it's time for some. New blood, some some young, the next generation of Republican leaders to come in. And so it's, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It's obviously we're just uh, speculating and hypothesizing at this point. But, you know, I hope the next generation of Republican leaders, uh, you know, c- come forward. 508-996-0500. We're take a break and we will be back. This is Marcus Farrow on South Coast tonight. We're joined by Chris Doty. 1420 WB. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on with uh, Republican governor candidate Chris Doty. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hi. Hey. How are you? Good. Um, I appreciate you talking about education. I'd like to talk about health care. Sure. Um, I'm a nurse in long-term care, and employees are fleeing the business. DNAs are underpaid, nurses are underpaid, we're understaffed. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Um, Thanks the, for the call, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, this is, you know, as governor, this is the thing I worry about the most is the staffing issues that we're having. I have felt it with nursing, I have felt it with police, I've felt it with educators. Um, and, you know, you think about the impact Let me just go back to this basic idea of the problem I want to fix is affordability. One of the big problems here is that if you're a nurse or a police officer or an educator, it's so expensive to live in Massachusetts. So I have a daughter who's an educator herself, works with autistic children and does well. But it's just so expensive. The rent and the food and the utilities, just one thing after another makes it really difficult. And she's basically you know, being attracted to other states that are just more affordable to live. And so structurally, we've got to fix the affordability so that nurses and uh, police officers and educators can actually afford to live here. So that's one big part of the problem. Um, You know, I read uh, uh, the other day a statistic that you have to earn $180,000 a year to live just a moderate life in Boston. Think of that. How many nurses and and uh, police officers and and uh, educators are making one hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah. So we've got to get in and fix that problem so that you can uh, live a comfortable life. You know, doing those kind of professions. We're speaking with uh, Republican candidate for governor Chris Doty. Phone lines started to light up a bit, so we're going to get through these calls. Good evening. You're live with Chris Doty. Hey, Marcus. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. Good. Um, Chris, I have. Uh, first of all, I want to say I'm, I'm very impressed with the depth, and I'm also very impressed with the honesty, Chris. Um, two things, two questions. Marcus and I have had this conversation with Chris McCarthy also. That in Massachusetts, we've seemed to in the past have some acknowledgement as Democrats of of electing a Republican governor. And I was just wondering maybe if you could comment why that is as a check and a balance. And then my second question, Chris, is. Would you entertain um, appointing to your cabinet, if you would, or your chief administrative uh, offices, the talent that we have here in South Coast, whether it's Fall River, New Bedford, and the like? Because, I mean, we go back, we had a conversation with Marcus that 
we go back to Governor King appointing, uh, uh, I think it was a uh, uh, traffic commission or, or uh, DP. What, what was it, Marcus? What yeah, yeah, it was a, it was, a, it was something in the highway department. So the questions are, uh, the questions are, why do you think Massachusetts gravitates to having a Republican governor, even though it's a blue state? And are you going to consider talent from the South Coast in this region uh, to appoint your administration? Which are excellent questions, Barry. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you, Barry. Um, as far as the history here, I think it's because we're an educated voters and we recognize that there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a balance. Um, and another way of looking at this is that we elect governors that are fiscally responsible as the balance against a legislature that would spend every single penny of yours and mine if they could. It's sort of like in a marriage, if both spouses want to spend every single penny, it doesn't work as well as if one spouse is saving up for a rainy day, sure. wants to make sure there's insurance, make sure that the the budget's balanced. And that's what we look for in the state house is this balance between fiscal responsibility, which is what we look for in our governors that have executive background, good at hiring, good at firing, making sure the buses run on time, uh, those types of things against a, a very progressive legislature. So I think that's the reason for it. And frankly, it's a miracle. We should all pat ourselves on the back. Massachusetts is a, is a great state, not by accident, but because of voters. They've said, well, we need a balance in the state house," And so I, like most people and probably most of your listeners, recognize that that has been one of the benefits of our state is having that balance in the state house. Remember, we did it. There was a one period where we didn't have it. It was with the governor, Deval Patrick. It was in one time that mm -hmm. we did it in the last 30 years. The largest tax increase in the history of Massachusetts occurred with Deval Patrick. Huh. And uh, it hasn't happened since. It didn't happen before. But for those eight years, there was a giant tax increase because, you know, he believes the same thing that the legislature did is that we need everybody's money to do the things we want to do. So, um, okay, that's one. As far as the cabinet goes, I'll tell you, having access to the executive branch is critically important. As I mentioned, Kate Campanelli, the lieutenant governor, will be a direct voice. We would be delighted to find people that are able to, able and willing to make the commute up to the state house from down yeah. here. Uh, maybe with South Coast Rail, it's going to open up opportunities to bring in more people up to the state house. Yeah. I really like um, people having good jobs where they live because, uh, you know, long commutes reduce the quality of life. And so in terms of the economy, I'm hoping that we have good jobs in every sector and every region of the state so that people don't feel like they have to to go into Boston to get a good job. We're speaking with uh, Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty and taking your calls. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Good evening, guys. I just want to uh, say I was only able to tune in just in the last few minutes. So the two questions I have, I'm going to try to make it quick, and they've already possibly been asked and answered, but I will listen to the podcast later. I just wanted to see if you um, spoke about uh, anything about um, paying for uh, abortions from people, whether they're in the state or out of the state, whether taxpayers would be burdened with that, and also... Um, migrants coming to the area would we you know because i know maury haley was like you know inviting people up here but now some other governors are having issues is there a particular capacity that we can comfortably take or are we going to not put out a welcome flag anymore right. so i'll let you answer that and i'll listen thank you thanks ma'am okay thanks so much um as far as paying for abortions for out of state no i don't 
I, I don't support that. Uh, I think that uh, should be handled on an individual basis. I don't think that's the role of the state to cover that cost. Um, as far as uh, immigration to the area, we talked about it earlier in the podcast. I don't think it's good policy, uh, what we're proposing here of driver's licenses to, to everyone. So uh, I don't think that's good good government policy. And uh, I had mentioned earlier in the podcast that there's other states that uh, implemented it. And uh, but they had they had different requirements than we've put on top of it. So Republican candidate for Governor Chris Doty, uh, I'm going to hold you there. But before I let you go, if you want to make one more quick pitch and tell people where they can go to learn about your campaign. Okay, so my pitch is I'm not a career politician. I'm here to solve problems for all of you that are listening. Problem number one, you're paying too much for everything. It's too expensive to live here. I'm a businessman. I make affordable auto parts my whole life. I've been doing this. I know how to make things affordable. Number two is we overspend and we overtax in the state house. Your taxes should be going down. And I want to do that right away. Start putting more of your money back in your pocket. Third, and we've talked about this, is keeping a balance in the state house. It is dangerous to have one party in control or have a monopoly over everything. And I want to fix those things. Uh, I need as many people as possible to, uh, uh, I ask for your vote. Uh, between now and September the 6th, the day after Labor Day is the is the final day for voting. Yeah, for myself and my running mate, Kate Campanelli, uh, our website, if you want to know our platforms and the details, we've put out a ton of them, is chris4ma.com. That's chrisforma.com. And uh, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, Chris. One of the things you